Welcome to the Chin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss current events in the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We can't discuss all of the headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. So we've both been on a little bit of a summer vacay. <laughs> all of June. That's for sure. <laughs> and now we're back. We are back, at least temporarily. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where the summer goes. But uh, <laughs> I know you were on two back-to-back cruises um, mm-hmm. in Europe. So how was it? It was really great. It was a bit exhausting because, you know, the med itineraries are very port intensive. So to go back to back, I had 14 nights on cruises with one sea day. So it was a little crazy. Um, But I learned a couple things. So number one, I'm going to remember. And if you haven't been to Greece, maybe tuck this back somewhere in your brain. Santorini is not great for a day trip. What it takes to get up there and back down and how crowded it is. First of all, where they take you up in Fira is like a theme park. I just don't think it's the best choice for a day trip. I think Santorini is better for you're going to stay a few nights, you know, three nights at least if you're hopping around Greece. Um, It's just so much effort for a day trip. And then uh, if you're not familiar with Celestial Cruises, so I did Celebrity and then Celestial. So Celebrity was with a group of friends who are like some of my besties, most of whom had never been to Europe. So it was interesting. It was like herding cats. (laughs) Um, It was definitely the right choice. The Infinity, she's an old girl. She she needs a little little touch up. But... um, but the service, like the celebrity experience, all of that is intact. She just needs a little little refresh. And then Celestial is definitely a much smaller footprint, not all the bells and whistles, but I loved it. Like for my personal travel taste to have that really immersive experience, I would have believed if, if our server at dinner had told us he had made our meal, I would have believed him. It was like really cozy. <laughs> The spa prices were amazing. Tracy and I each went three times because they had this $89 one hour. You pick three different things. And then on the third time, she was like, I'm going to give you an extra 20 minutes. So I got the head massage of a lifetime. But the spa (laughs) prices were just so good compared to your average cruise line. And they have inclusive pricing, but then there's also, you know, you can go a little more bare bones. So you'll see like a lot of extras with pricing on it. But in most cases, it was included in my package. But, uh, you know, more utilitarian, the ship, it is not fancy. It's cozy. The service is great. It's fun. It's just a fun time. So if anyone has any questions about Celestial, because I know, like, I knew a lot about it. I could have given you the high points, of course, because we had Kelly for so long. But traveling on it is just a totally different experience. So it's not for everyone. It's I would I would say actually it's not for hardcore cruisers even. It's for people who just want an efficient way to hop around and see a lot of Greece and get good service and have a lot of inclusions. But it is your typical like I love to go on the Norwegian Prima cruiser probably not going to be super happy with it. 
So anyway, just hit it, hit us up with a DM if you want more information on Celestial or if you had specific, specific questions, because I know it's, it's not as widely known. How was Morocco? Similar to Celestial, I really loved it, but it's not for everyone. And I went to Morocco <laughs> with Kensington and I was telling you this before, but people who work at Kensington, the ones that I know, they are incredible. Like, I don't know what their selection processes and hiring staff members, but the ones the that I met- The culture I, is uh, on it. <laughs> yes. Like I met, I know four people and they are all amazing. So- I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trip. We had a really good group of people. They kept it very small. There were six advisors on there because they wanted oh, nice. uh, they wanted us to feel uh, what a Kensington experience would be like as a client. And so they do a lot of the custom itineraries. So Morocco in itself, I really love like Arabic and Moorish influenced architecture, culture, art, like all those good things. Um, but parts of Morocco can be a little bit chaotic. So like the markets in Marrakesh, for example, some people love the busyness of the city. They love like all the sights, the smells, everything, but not a lot of people are going to like the chaotic nature of it. Mm -hmm. So definitely something where you really need to qualify your clients. But one thing I was so surprised by was how amazing Moroccan wine is. I didn't mm. even know that Morocco had such a big wine industry. We stopped at this one uh, vineyard, and it's also a hotel, the Relais Chateau Hotel. And we were sitting there for lunch outside in the shade, overlooking these vineyards with olive trees. And I'm like, am I in like Southern Spain or oh. like, where am I? That kind of feeling. So there are really cool places in Morocco that does they don't have the kind of busyness like Marrakesh, but they do offer an experience that is very unexpected. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. <laughs> it was so much fun. I love it. I, I've always thought like, Oh, if I, you know, when I finally get to Southern Spain, maybe I would just like hop over on the ferry to at least get a taste of yeah. it. But it, I've been advised against that's probably like Santorini. Like it's just so crazy. <laughs> where you would end up off the ferry, like maybe that's not going to give you the best picture of what Morocco is. And so. there, I feel like Morocco as a country, it's like, I was shocked at how much agriculture was in Morocco. They had so many different kinds of fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm. And I, and, and silly me, I'm just like, I didn't know Morocco grew anything. Like I just only pictured the desert for like, I don't know why. I just thought it was just desert and Marrakesh and, and, and that's it. But there's so much in the country to see and do that I definitely would not recommend it as a day trip unless you absolutely had to. And yeah, there was no other option, but yeah, I mean, I would go back again for sure. Not to put it on the list. <laughs> well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. First on our list, um, Travel Weekly, the hottest Insta-worthy destinations right now. And looking at the list, I'm like, mm, when were they not Insta-worthy destinations? I feel like they have always been. And it's good to know that they're still, they're still holding out strong. So this article is by Nadia Sparkle Henry, and uh, she loves going by Sparkle. 
because her personality is very sparkly. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed meeting her. <laughs> um, and as you may know, Instagram plays a really big role in being inspiration for travels. And I know some of us hate it. Some of us are okay with it. But the truth of the matter is, it's definitely something that people do use in making their decisions of where they want to go. Yep. So number one is Bali, known as the Isle of the Gods. Tourists are flocking to Bali for its fabulous beaches, ancient temples, and cultural celebrations, as well as unmatched photo ops. I mean, how many pictures have you seen uh, on the swing in Bali? Or um, I don't know what those structures are called, but it's like there's a reflection and you're sitting between like these gates to a temple. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Here, a Turda Empul Temple. So um, what I have found is that reflection isn't actually real. There is no mirror there. There is no lake there. Whoever takes the photo has like a mirror that he puts on the bottom. Oh, right. It looks like a reflection. Yeah, I learned that on Instagram, surprisingly, but... Yeah, and it says it's also a really uh, one of the really popular places to do those flying uh, dress photo ops. Mm-hmm. I think there's just photo ops all over the place in Bali. Yes. Anything can be a photo op, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> you don't have to get very creative or clever though. There, you just anywhere you are is going to yeah, be stunning. Yeah, just It's great. <laughs> it's also super affordable. I think, kind of like Thailand, like mm-hmm. flights, maybe not so much, but the accommodations and the tours. And yeah, stuff like I think when you take everything into consideration, it does come out to be a better value than going to our favorite place, Italy. Uh, it's still like a never-ending fountain of water <laughs> of requests. <laughs> Please stop! <laughs> Please stop! <laughs> Number two on the list is Dubai. And I've seen this so much in the last few years for girls trips, which I don't think that would have naturally popped into my brain as an ideal place for girls trips. I think once you get a chance to go there, you will see all these different components that would make an excellent girls trip. You Mm -hmm. have like a mix of adventure. You have culture. You have beautiful dresses. Like I love like the Middle Eastern inspired dresses they sell there and just buy one, go to the desert, get some amazing photos. And there are a ton of shops, restaurants. And not only that, I feel like just personally, when I went, I felt a sense of safety that's hard Mm -hmm. to describe. And I think for a group of women going, it's just fun to not have to worry about that side of things. Yeah. There's like no crime, tons of shopping, tons of natural beauty and landscapes, but then you also beaches. you have a beach yeah. in Dubai. I mean, there's just yeah. so many different kinds of ex- experiences you can have. Yep. And uh, last on the list is Greece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even have to detail it? Picturesque islands, incredible beaches, vibrant nightlife. Um, I will say, like, in spite of most people going to the Greek islands like Santorini and doing those flying dress photos there, I really want to encourage people to check out the mainland, the actual continent that Greece is on, because there are so many different things you can see and do on Mm -hmm. the on actual the mainland and not the islands that are often overlooked. I mean, you have amazing food there. I love the classics, so 
going to Olympia to go to Delphi, Meteora, like those are just things that are so beautiful that I don't think a lot of people think about when they think Greece. And the thing about those areas is that it is so affordable compared to spending an overnight in a place like Santorini. Of course, yep. it's own kind of experience, but just keep mainland Greece in mind when whenever you are considering going or booking clients. Yeah, I have to say on our trip, my favorites were Napoleon. That was so mm. lovely and charming, but you could also do like this big hike up to, I think it was a monastery, but then there was a beautiful beach. Rhodes was amazing. And then we had a surprise stop in Syros because we were tendering and Mykonos was too rough in the morning. So they're like, we're just going to go right across here to Syros and we'll come back this evening. And boy, that was a such a great surprise. Um, and I was laughing because there's like all these British people go there to vacation, right? And the we're sitting on the edge of like this natural pool. It's not a beach. It's all surrounded by rocks and stuff, but there's mm. stairs down to the water. That water was choppy. It was moving. And this older lady just came out in her little hat and sunglasses and got right in there and was swimming. I was like, oh my God, you are a crazy lady. <laughs> but oh it's... I mean, I think Greece is popular because you have so many areas with the beautiful water against all the buildings stacked up on the hillsides. Mm -hmm. And so it's always going to be a gorgeous. I mean, I have a, a million of them from my trip. And in a couple of years, I won't know which island was which because it's, you know, it's all gorgeous. It's all the same. The color of the water is incredible. I have to say, though, I feel like I was talking to somebody this weekend who's like, oh, we've never been to the Med. We really need to go. And I was like, go to Croatia. Like that is, you're going to get so much bang for your buck and it is so incredibly stunning. I've never seen water like that. Like that is where you're going to get the most for your money right now. Not for long, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get some buffer time between when pricing surges and, yeah. uh, and being able yeah. to go back again. We were in Dubrovnik and they were still taking both types of currency at the moment. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Did you see a difference in pricing from when we were there last year and then when you were there this year? I didn't really notice. Of course, we were just there for the day and we went to a, a super touristy looking place and sat and just drank beers and people watched because our friends were doing the wall. And I was like, you know, I am very happy that I did that wall, but I don't need to do it twice. <laughs> and I was so validated when my one friend who's so athletic, she runs, she does like half marathons, she whatever. And she's like, you're absolutely right. Very glad I did it. Not going to do it a second time. <laughs> when we went, it was in May. And so the weather was still supposed to be like more mild. I can't imagine mm. going in June and doing the wall because it was so hot last time when we did it. You know, this Maybe. is one of the reasons why I eat gelato everywhere I go, because that's how I can tell when prices have increased or have like yeah. a point of comparison because... Going back to Croatia, I'll be like, hmm, let me go to the gelato place again and see what the pricing looks like. We did have gelato and it was at one of the places that you and I went, but it was included in a food tour. So I didn't oh, know. Oh, darn. What, and I couldn't really tell. I mean, what the oh, yes, was. that it was included, but oh, darn that you didn't see the pricing. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about gelato. Hold on. Got to back up a second. We spent a couple nights in Bologna before we went to Ravenna to get on the ship, and that was great. Go there. Uh, but don't stay where I stayed. I stayed a little out of the good part. 
It was, we did a food tour there. Our, um, our tour guide, Marco, was gorgeous. And if anybody wants his contact info, um, he did a heck of a tour. And he took us to just this gelato place. And I asked for his recommendation. And it was this pistachio. And there was another word attached to it. Oh, my God. There was, like, this saltiness to it. It was so crazy. It, it was the best gelato I've definitely ever had. Um, that is such a great place for foodies. Mm-hmm. I have not stopped thinking about the food that I had. Because I did Bologna, but through one of the Uniworld sailings, it was their mm-hmm. Venice one. Mm-hmm. And we had a, an, an opportunity to choose to do Bologna as a day trip. And the Bolognese that I had there, plus like the mortadella and like all this other stuff, yep. I cannot stop thinking about it. And it's been years and I still haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah, we had bolognese, but did you know that he told us it is like a crime to have spaghetti bolognese? Yes, you have to use tagliatelle for yeah. the pasta. Or even fettuccine, he said. There's other things you can do, but spaghetti is you, you need You need the width <laughs> to hold the sauce. Like, it, there's no point in yes. spaghetti where the sauce slides right off. Yep, I completely yes. agree. It was to die for. <laughs> Highly recommend Bologna, but I keep forgetting about it because it was like, feels like it was months ago. (laughs) Our next article is from Afar, and this I felt like is going to be some good social media um, content for you. It's called How to Check Your Passport Status and What to Do If It's Taking Too Long. I am seeing some absolute horror stories. Somebody said they ordered one expedited in January and they don't have it. Uh, Insane. I will tell you, I had clients. They were supposed to go to Japan uh, a couple weeks ago or even a week and a half ago. And I would say maybe a week or two, two weeks before they were supposed to go, client reached out and uh, they had submitted their passport renewal um, for her fiance months and months and months ago. And she reached out and she said, there is an issue with his passport and we need to reschedule. And I'm like, I feel like I need more details. Like what is the issue? And so apparently there was like some paperwork issue that said that he owed child support or something and his case manager did the paperwork incorrectly and they denied him his passport because of that issue. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is the case where you need to reach out to your congressperson. Like you need, like, this is Mm -hmm. like a good case for that. And um, I'm not sure the timing and everything, but turns out we had to reschedule their trip. And they got their passport like the day after they were supposed to leave. Oh my God. But she was really grateful that I told her about the congressperson thing because the congressperson really did like go out of their way, get the paperwork in, expedite everything. Um, But it's just one of those things where it's not their fault. And yeah. So I don't know actually how long she was sitting on the information unless it was like very recent, but definitely a nightmare of a passport thing, but I work with a really great partner and we were able to reschedule them without any cancellation fees. 
that wow. trip or uh, rescheduling fees. How insane. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was it inside was Japan. Yes. It was inside okay. Japan. <laughs> Let everybody know. Yes. <laughs> they are wonderful. Found, yes. They are so great to work with. Well, I was just looking up the timing yesterday and even expedited it says seven to nine weeks. Yeah. Which is nuts. And it's crazy. I don't know if you, if you're experiencing this, but I have people reaching out and they're like, Hey, is there a, another way that you know of to get my passport faster? I'm like, mm, better planning skills. That is number one for you to yeah. get your, get your application in uh, plan ahead. But otherwise, unless it's an emergency, it's good. The well, there are maybe. services that can help you get it even more expedited, but I don't know how extreme that is. I've seen mm -hmm. ones that say like, you know, a few business days, but I don't have any, I don't know of any stories where that's happened. Like, I don't know anybody that's used that and that's yeah. Worked. Well, the only thing I know that, that could get a passport in more quickly is going just straight to the passport center with an emergency situation of some kind, or you, right, you have to have your paperwork your showing that you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to already put your application in and then show that you have a trip coming up or something. And that you know, just a bunch of different factors for you to get that expedited, like even more yep. so. So um, they give you a list of ways to check the status and also, um, what, what you might be able to do if you're not getting it. The first one is check your passport status online. The State Department's online system updates the application status 14 days after they receive the documents. But until then, it will say not found. So, But it says don't expect a detailed report. It's just going to be like in process, approved, or mailed. And um, they said obsessive checking won't get you very far, but luckily in the same website, you can enroll in an automatic alert system for updates when the status changes. Uh, for those of you who like to call, uh, you can verify the status by phone. Uh, there's a phone number here. We'll link this in the show notes so that you can look it up, but it's the National Passport Information Center. Call this number to speak to a real person or an automated response outside of business hours, but it will still be the same ambiguous answers of in process or hopefully mailed. Yeah. Don't come in with a bunch of questions thinking they're going to be able to, <laughs> to answer you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says check the status by using a third party to apply. So you can use an expediter company like Rush My Passport or CIBT's visa or CIBT visa it can provide additional details on where your passport is in the process. These agencies usually use a courier who physically hands over the documentation, which adds a little more clarity to the process. Uh, they can typically get a passport back to you in a few business days, but expect to pay upwards of $600 for the privilege. Hmm. I'll be sending this to people who are asking, I'm like, you want to cough up 600 bucks mm -hmm. for your poor planning? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an emergency situation, uh, if you applied but haven't received your passport and your travel is coming up soon, you may be able to get help. If your travel is within the next two weeks, call the National Passport Information Center during business hours. The call center will notify the processing agency of your upcoming travel dates and put in a request to expedite it. If your travel is within the next five days, call the same line to let them know. They may be able to give you an in-person appointment to finish up the passport process, although, although there are no guarantees 
and you may have to travel to another city for the appointment. Also, if you have a last minute family emergency that requires travel within three business days, for example, a recent death or a severe illness that may lead to death of an immediate family member, you can call the same number to request a life or death emergency service appointment, which is different from the urgent travel service appointment. If you qualify and have the proof of the urgency and upcoming travel, you may be able to secure one. If calling outside of traditional business hours or on a federal holiday, there's another number to call, uh, as it'll be in the article. Uh, this number is reserved for emergencies only and should not be used during business hours. Your congressperson can assist if you have a pressing emergency as well. So, moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Start early and allow plenty of time. Well, that's not always possible. These tips can help you track your application status and, of course, pack your patients before you pack your suitcase. They're where it's not mine. Yeah. I have to figure it out, too, because I'm kind of threading a needle in terms of travel. I think all my pages are just about full. Mm. Um, like, I've got to figure out how to get in in between trips. <laughs> and I got to do it in Mexico, so that should be fun. <clears throat> Maybe an expediting service. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that. I'm probably just going to have to go to Mexico City and get an appointment at the embassy. Mm. Or you can fly to Florida and pay us a visit and get all that stuff done. Because my return home, but they would look to them like I have a plane ticket to Mexico. So (laughs) it's an emergency (laughs) service. (laughs) Last on our list is an article from Travel Pulse. And it talks about a very interesting topic. Why you should try traveling sober, even if you're a drinker. One thing that I've noticed as a trend on TikTok, and maybe I'm just getting these TikToks, um, is the number of mocktail recipes to try. They're trying to tell you to clean up your life, Teresa. Oh my God, Kareem. (laughs) 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 They know I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, Thank you, FYP, and the algorithm. But even celebrities are coming out with non-alcoholic, I don't know, vodkas or mixers. I don't even know what you want to call them because they don't have any alcohol in it. But they do have like herbs and things like that that can give you either health benefits or a feeling of, um, I don't know, like just making you feel refreshed, giving you some kind of reaction that's not Yeah, like the adaptogenic mushrooms that can give you feelings of euphoria or what have you, but are a lot healthier. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some of them, though, are just herbs and not... Anything uh, that would be weird, but more like, you know, if you're sipping like kombucha, for example, and you feel good after drinking it, that kind of thing. I have to say that. <laughs> so we had drink packages on both these cruises. And pretty much from the beginning of the second cruise, I was like, I am just drinked out. I just, nothing sounds good. <laughs> you know, but you feel like, well, I have the drink package. I did have a lot of Aperol spritzes because that's just refreshing and cool. But mm-hmm. I don't think we got our money's worth. For sure, because we were just like so tired of just drinking just because that's what you right. do, you know. Right. Did they include things like smoothies and specialty coffees mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would have sucked down those smoothies. I'm like, mm-hmm. more fruit. Inflation makes fruits expensive. So mm-hmm. get your drinks <laughs> worth. 
<laughs> so this article says when you're envisioning your next trip, you may not immediately notice how prominent a role alcohol consumption plays in a typical vacation itinerary from the in-flight mini bottles of liquor to frosty margaritas served on the beach. Even if you're just going out to explore the unique nightlife scene in your, in your destination, bars, clubs, and pubs usually feature prominently into the equation. So for a lot of us, that's just going to be part of the vacation. Mm-hmm. But this article talks about traveling without drinking alcohol so that you can be more present to enjoy the experience, which I really love because, you know, you, you can be in a situation where the drink enhances your experience. Like if you're at a winery and you're doing a wine tasting, it enhances it, but you get to a certain point where you're just like, it's just not adding to the experience anymore. I'm not yeah, really. Or you lose a day to a hangover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, something that's very popular is, of course, having these mocktails or these beverages that don't have any alcohol in it. And um, it talks about where this trend started. And it was during, well, the New York Times observed that in the, during the pandemic, sober vacationing has gone mainstream, probably as a byproduct of the wellness movement that gained momentum after the world suddenly found itself in lockdown. So this is part of people's quote unquote self-care to live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. It says even if they don't always abstain from alcohol, today's conscious consumers will find it's worth examining that long held assumption and asking themselves what it is they're truly aiming to get out of their travel experiences and whether being in a booze-infused state will actually add or detract from those goals. They say given that many people have historically been used, used to drinking during their vacations, committing to a completely sober trip may seem daunting. Especially initially, there's no denying that it can be challenging to imagine how you'll move through social situations and stick to your convictions while navigating an atmosphere in which others may be drinking. So if it's a challenge you don't want to tackle alone, you might consider taking a small group of other what they call sober, curious people <laughs> along with you so that it doesn't feel you don't you're not feeling like other. And there are actual tours that will operate this way that you can find so you feel supported while you're traveling. You know, one thing I noticed, too, is in more of the um, in the countries where Islam is the main religion, they have the most delicious mocktails I have ever tried because mm-hmm. you need to be creative in those in those situations. And some of the best mocktails I've had Dubai, Jordan, and then in Morocco, when I saw the menu, I'm like, mm, I don't, actually don't want a cocktail. I want to try one of these really delicious sounding um, non-alcoholic beverages and they were just so good and so refreshing. So I feel like that trend is something I want to move more towards is like make a smoothie juice and call it a mocktail. Maybe yeah. add something like special to it. Well, and like you said, it could be that one day you're at a winery. So maybe that day you want to mm-hmm. enjoy the wine, yeah. but just like I said, on this trip, you're just drinking just because it was included right. and like, right. like, Oh, just, you know, yeah. just have some Perrier and lime. Uh, but <laughs> you do want to feel like you're doing things that are fun and new and different. So right. look for mocktails as a way to just kind of supplement so that you're not just, yeah. there's even um, zero alcohol wines out there. I think that you can find, but mm, it is a so growing movement. Okay. Yeah. 
It is a growing movement. I kind of do like that it's a trend now because it gives people options because, you know, I, as I get older, alcohol impacts me differently. And, um, I just feel like if I'm traveling somewhere international, like I never drink on planes because it'll just be a bad time for me. I don't drink at the airport or anything like that. When I see people just downing beers before a flight, I'm like, it's going to feel so bad, especially for long haul trips. But I think having the option of having beverages that are still pretty comes in really nice glasses, really great garnishes that are not special. I would, I would love that. Because you're not going to keep all those ingredients on hand at home. So it still is special and different. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. We ready for some excess baggage? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to destroy it considering it's been weeks, but <laughs> let's give it a whirl. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, as of July 11th, Celebrity Cruises is raising its automatic gratuities across all cabin types. The increase ranges from 50 cents for those staying in inside Ocean View, Veranda, Concierge, and Aqua Class to $2 for those staying in the retreat. As of July 11th, Celebrity Cruises, oops, same, same card, sorry. They also report that the Holiday Inn and Suites across from Universal Orlando, a Universal Partner Hotel, has completed a multi-million dollar re- renovation that saw modernizations to all guest rooms and suites, the lobby, and all meeting and event spaces. An article from Travel Weekly says that ASTA has launched its first mentorship program, a pilot that will see 10 mentees work with 10 mentors over the course of six months. The program is for travel advisors and will work to enhance mentees' skills, professionalism, and knowledge of the industry. Mentors will provide their expertise as well as feedback for their mentees. Both will have the opportunity to network. Another one from them says that the fatal deep sea dive of Ocean Gate Expedition's Titan captured the world's attention and thrust so-called extreme tourism travel experiences that test the physical and mental limits of participants into the spotlight. Despite the extreme risks, not to mention the extreme price tags, industry experts say that they don't expect demand for extreme tourism to wane anytime soon. Travel advisors who curate these experiences say participants find too much value in high-risk, high-reward adventures to be deterred by the potential dangers they carry, even when the realities of catastrophe are realized. Travel Agent Central reports that Oceana Cruises has has launched the Simply More promotion for guests booking new reservations beginning July 1st for sailings departing October 1st or later. The brand's new Simply More promotion includes in their voyage fare a hassle-free arrival and departure, with free round-trip airfare and free airport transfers, shore excursion credit of up to $1,600 per stateroom to be spent on tours of their choice, and a comprehensive be- beverage package available during lunch and dinner featuring dozens of vintage champagnes, wines, and international beers. The new level of inclusions sits alongside the line's always-included amenities, gourmet dining with no reservation fee or cover charge at specialty restaurants, teas and coffees, soft drinks at Vero Water, 24-hour room service, unlimited Wi-Fi, and fitness classes. Another one from them says that Hotel Beds has introduced new digital tools for advisors. To note, Olivia, Hotel Beds' first artificial intelligence-based virtual assistant, is is ready to provide direct guidance on a range of topics with quick and easy answers to everyday inquiries. This solution is the latest in a series of self-service tools designed to support travel advisors in their work. 
According to Travel Pulse, the National Guard has been deployed in Cancun to boost security for tourists. Tourist officials say that Cancun, like any other destination, has its sketchy parts of town, but they emphasize that this is only a temporary thing. The National Guard is more or less an increased layer of protection as local police have increased the size of their force and use other methods like security cameras and drones. And our high note today is also from Travel Pulse. Based on the success and early results of its pilot program, the TSA plans to roll out facial recognition at security checkpoints in 400 more airports in the coming years. And that's it for excess baggage. And if you are doing the drinking game, you are drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.